On today's show, we are joined by former Boston College quarterback Dennis Grossell, who's going to talk to us about post-Boston College life and his career with the Eagles. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A lot more today on Locked On Boston College. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Joined with, joining with me today is Mitch Wolf, and we have a special guest, Dennis Grossell, former Boston College quarterback. Feels weird saying former now, doesn't it, Dennis? Yeah, it definitely does. Still hasn't set in yet, and uh, I don't think it will. And, you know, definitely not for this season, that's for sure. So, what have you been up to since the end of the season? Uh, so, yeah, the end of the season, you know, wrapped up, unfortunately, uh, with the bowl game getting canceled. Uh, Went home for a little bit and, you know, shot back up to BC to, you know, train and kind of get ready for uh, the pro day that I was, um, you know, looking forward to and had some opportunities to, um, you know, you know, obviously train and get better and, you know, give it a, give it a go to, to be there for the pro day. And uh, it was kind of one of those opportunities that you're just like, you know, you're in the situation you have a shot, you know, why not take it and see what happens? So absolutely. That, and- kinda, that was kind of, you know, January through March. So keep it busy, right? <laughs> Staying way too busy. <laughs> so much for vacation. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you, um, you know, it's the end of your career. You know, you've had a lot of time at Boston College with Steve Adazio, with Jeff Halfley. What, what is some of your favorite moments, both off and on the field at Boston College? Oh, man, there, there are a lot of moments. Um, You know, one that stands out and that, you know, I can't, you know, can't not say is, uh, you know, the, the moment that I was uh, given the scholarship. Um, you know, started my career as a walk-on, um, mm-hmm. worked pretty hard to, you know, make, make a name for myself on the team. Um, and then was able to earn a scholarship following my, uh, I think my second or third spring, it all, it all runs together. But, um, that moment is one that's going to stick with me for, you know, for a while and forever. And, you know, not only to share it with, you know, my teammates, but also, you know, my family who had sacrificed so much to you know, get me to that point. And, you know, it was just one of those, those, those cool things that goes way past football and way, you know, it isn't just a one moment thing. It's, you know, years and years of, uh, of progress and work. And then, um, you know, on the field, it all, it all kind of blends in. Um, you know, you don't remember the scores of a lot of games. You remember, you remember like weird little things like, uh, you know, coming off the field and, you know, hugging a guy or two after, you know, after each touchdown or, um, you know, just, you know, being in a huddle and looking up and it's just like little, these little micro moments that make up, um, kind of the season that, you know, when you flash back in your head, um, you know, again, I, I, couldn't really tell you the score of a lot of the games wins or losses um but it's just it's just you know i don't want to you know i try to speak in as little cliche as possible but you know the guys and the relationships that i've, that I've made and formed and you know it's it's a lot of the things that happen off the field that really make the memories of you know people going through hardships and seeing them get through and you know seeing guys work their butts off in off season and you know having an awesome spring and then you know putting a good product in the field in, in the fall but um you know, the, the Missouri win this, this past season was really, really cool. Um, you know, the hard-fought game. Um, you know, my first start a few years ago um, at home against NC State where we got a win was pretty memorable. Um, there's just a lot of cool cool things I was fortunate enough to be a part of. Um, so when did you get put on scholarship? What season or what semester was that? So I'm trying to think. I early enrolled or I guess late enrolled, gray-shirted. Um, in the spring of 17, um, 
And I think it was, it was following, it was my third spring. So it was following my second season, my third spring, and then entering my, uh, my third season um, in 2019. Okay. So that would gotcha. be the year that I replaced, uh, you know, after Anthony Brown had, right. had his knee that I was able to play. So that okay. was, that was the first season. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so after that 2019 season, you know, you, you know, finish out the season, like you said, after Anthony Brown went down and he transfers out and then Phil Dracovic is coming in where you, you know, this is kind of when the transfer portal era is at its height, were you, you considering transferring to a different school? Uh, were any schools in contact with you about possibly transferring? <laughs> Um, no. So at that, at that point, um, you know, after finishing out the, the season um, kind of as the starter for the last couple of games, it was, you know, it was, this, this is my team. This is what's going on. This is, uh, you know, this is kind of, everything is culminating and being, you know, coming together as one. And that's, um, you know, I think when, you know, one, my leadership really took over and was able to, you know, take that next step as a player and as a leader. Um, and two, just really be solidified kind of as, you know, this is, again, this is my team. This is what I feel like. You know, the group of guys that came in, in with this is, you know, now we're upperclassmen. This is our, our time to make the mark. So there, there was definitely no hesitation at that point to transfer. Um, you know, Phil coming in definitely, you know, turned things around a little bit. But at no point was it, you know, was it let, let, let's run and get out of here. Gotcha. OK, so and then in that season in 2020, um, so you get that final start against Virginia and it's kind of funny because you think about a backup coming in and you think, OK, like the team's probably going to run the ball a lot. They're going to you know, play ball control and you end up kind of going off with like this crazy air raid attack. You, you know, break the single games passing record. Was that the game plan going into the game or did it kind of just shift at one point? To say, all right, guys, screw it. We're just going to huck it, chuck it around. Yeah, I, I kind of remember the specific moment, like I said earlier, just these, these micro moments that happen. Um, you know, I, I was sitting in, you know, maybe it was a Tuesday night meeting with uh, Coach Signetti and we're, you know, watching film and kind of getting the game plan um, finalized. And, you know, you know, Phil's in there and we're all, you know, just bouncing ideas off each other. Just one of our um, casual Wednesday nights that we would always do. And just, you know, not too stressed. The work day is over, but we're just, you know, getting some extra work in. Um, and we're watching film and he kind of looks over and he's like, guys, like, you know, I, I think we, we, we can exploit some stuff here. And, you know, really, really take advantage of the secondary. And we all kind of look at each other like, yeah, like, you know, being, being confident quarterback, I said, right. we, we always can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I remember he pulled up, you know, two clips that were like, no, like, seriously, like, this is something that we can actually, you know, take advantage of. And we're all kind of looking around like, yeah, like, you know, you're right, coach. And I remember he kind of looks at me, he's like, I know you haven't really thrown that much in the last, you know, couple months or a couple of weeks, just, you know, with Phil being in, but he's like, you know, you better get that arm eye stuff because we got, we got a big practice tomorrow. And I remember the next day at practice, we probably threw the ball, you know, 97% of the time. <laughs> I remember like right before our two minute drill on Thursday, um, I was like, geez, coach, like, I, I like, I'm not going to complain, but like my arms like pretty sore right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, he's like, I told you like, get ready. So um, that was part of the game plan. And we were in a situation where, um, you know, we had already, um, I'm pretty sure we had already, you know, solidified, we already solidified a bowl. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, at that point, there's really not much to lose. And that was kind of my mindset going into the game and kind of my mindset going into a lot of the games. So, you know, I, I don't really have much to lose. So let's go out and, you know, chuck it around, wing it around and, you know, whatever happens, happens. And, um, you know, that game was just, <laughs> was, you know, one of the, one of the top moments I too, I should have mentioned, but again, like in the moment, like you're not really thinking about it until, until you know some something came off across the scoreboard and you're seeing it and you know everything kind of rushes to you but 
know, yeah, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna say that like a final game of the season, you kind of empty the tank and empty the playbook. Like, all right, you know, we yeah. might, not, might not go to bowl games. So let's just, go, let's just go out there. Um, so I know you kind of mentioned not remembering, you know, tons of moments, but just these micro moments. But I, I do want to take you back to one moment. So mm-hmm. it was this past season's game against Clemson. It's near the end of the third quarter. You guys are down thir- 13 16. It's third and two. Mm-hmm. Was Andrew Booth offsides? Was Andrew Booth offsides? <laughs> Um, looking it's back a- on it, you know, looking back on it, you, you sure, you sure, uh, you, you would think so. Um, they didn't call it. We all, <laughs> it was one of those things. It's like, what the heck is going on? Everyone's looking around like, is there I, whistle, I was, no whistle? yeah, I was just remembering Cause I remember watching that back and I see you get up and you're kind of look around, like looking for a flag. I'm like, oh yeah, he was definitely trying to go for the, and watching it back. Like he is firmly in the B gap between the guard and the tackle. And it's just crazy to watch back. I, th- I think, you know, I, I don't know him, but I, I, I think he was just as surprised as we were that one, maybe it didn't get called and two, that he was like kind of in this, in the spot. He was like, yeah, you know, from as a secondary blitz, you should never be in the B gap yeah you know, <laughs> going in front of your defense end. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's all, you know, stuff like that. And again, like I, you know, when you're looking back at that game, you don't even remember that. And it's just like, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, stings in the moment but it's not it's not the stuff yeah remember. those are just moments more like fans remember because it's like oh i remember this time right. we got really screwed <laughs> right or you know we'll be we'll be at a at a reunion or being at you know someone's house you know in the next couple of years be like oh like when you're really diving into games there are those guys that remember everything and it's like oh yeah that did happen that did happen but yeah um yeah, so that, that, <laughs> summer is coming and the summer you're going to need some food on the go built bars are the best perfect tasting snack to take with you on family vacations throw them in your bags and your kids backpacks make sure that everyone has a bar so you are fueled for your summer adventures. The best part of Built Bars, they are healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. And with Built Bars, you can have both. It's easy, and all you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. They're 100% chocolate. That means with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Some of the Built Bars have amazing flavors, including banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. And with only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein, how are you going to beat this with something else? You absolutely aren't. I have a Built Bar every single day at around 2.30 as my snack to give me my protein that I need to fuel through me uh, to get through the rest of the day, and it helps so much. I think you're going to enjoy them too. So have a, head on over to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get your 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. And then also in that game, you know, you have those two kind of final drives where um, – you know, your guys are down, you still score. It's a really close game, you know, crowds in full throat and everything. Can you kind of walk us through your mindset as a quarterback during those two drives? Like, you know, obviously like the, your call, your, like, what are you like you looking for in a defense? Um, you know, the coaches may be saying like one thing, but are there certain things like you're kind of checking off in your mind to, you know, speed up your process or whatever? Yeah. So I think just as a quarterback in general, in that situation, you know, everything speeds up to your, you know, your innate instinct is to feed everything up to go along with it. Um, but I think as a quarterback, you're trained, um, you know, one, to slow everything down and two, to try to simplify things. Like that's not when things should get overly complicated. That's when things, you know, if anything should get easier. Um, so as, in a quarterback perspective, that's, you know, what you're trying to do. Um, and, you know, kind of as in, you know, in reverse too, as a defense, that's when, you know, they're also pretty simple, right? When you're driving as two minute drills, like you're in a, you're in a no huddle situation, um, and if you can get them on their heels um, in certain situations, they have no choice but to, you know, call pretty base defenses or, mm-hmm. um, you know, something simple and quick. So 
Um, you know, when you really boil it down, that's what you're trying to do. It's it, that's probably one of the mo- most pure forms of the game is when mm-hmm. it's just you're running your simple plays, they're running their simple plays, and it's, you know if you can stop us and who gets momentum and that's kind of the situation. So yeah, and so many plays on that drive where you're just like, all right, like where's Zay, like find Zay. And I mean, he was, yeah. he was cooking that game and like, yeah. Right. And it's like, yeah, get your guys, you know, the ball in space and let them make plays. And it's, you know, as a quarterback, that's, that's the recipe is, you know, it's, it's not your, it's not your show. It's your job is to facilitate and get them the ball. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's the, the mindset. And, you know, we, we go down on that kind of that first two minute drive. I, you know, I say, and, uh, you know, get pretty far down, um, pretty, pretty easily too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're in, we're in striking distance. Um, you know, what is it, you know, take a sack and out of field goal range or, you know, miss a field. I don't remember what happened. Maybe I had a forced punt and pin. That down, was the but... one where, uh, you, you threw twice to Zay and the second time he was like right at the first down line. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, again, you know, we get the ball back. Um, and it's so much situation. It's, you know, this all worked the first time. Um, you were in a situation where, you know, we're doing the same thing. They're doing the same thing. It's just, again, you know, we're going to, we're going to go down and do the exact same thing. And I remember, um, p- before that first drive, kind of just looking around and, you know, seeing the guys and, you know, we're, we were all a pretty light group. Um, we were, you know, had all played a lot of football, had all been around the game a lot, you know, been in these situations before. And I remember just like <laughs> looking at the old line, like, man, like, this is, this is a pretty cool moment right here. Like that's, that, let's soak this in really quick. And, you know, we're all smiled and, you know, you know, looked at each other. And it was just like one of those moments that like, you know, everything stands still and it's like, all right, like we're running out on the field, like let's go win a ball game. Yeah. Um, and again, it's just, it's just stuff like that that, that sticks with you. But um, that, that definitely helped just having that levity and that, you know, looseness in a situation like that. And that, that goes along with slowing things down and, you know, being, you know, experienced in the moment and just comes with, with reps and repetition and being in situations like that. Mm-hmm. So, over the last couple of years, you've had, you know, your ups and downs. There were tough times. There's, you know, there was good times. Whenever I talked to Jeff Halfley, he always praised you, talked about how selfless you were and what a great leader you were. What was it? What is it about yourself that keeps you going when things get tough, when things were really getting hard on the field or, you know, there's, you know, stringing together a couple of losses, stringing together a couple of bad drives. Dennis, what, talk a little bit about like about yourself. Like, how did you keep yourself motivated and, and positive and keep your teammates into it during those times? I think uh, I think from kind of an overview perspective, um, it was just perspective of kind of the path that I took to be, you know, be at BC, be in the situation I was. Um, and when you talk about, you know, you know, I guess this is more saying like, you know, hard days or hard weeks, or, you know, you're going through a rough patch, you know, in school or practice, you know, something's not going right. And <clears throat> when you look at it from kind of that umbrella term is like, you know, the odds of you, you know, like going to BC, you know, there's stuff that, you know, no one even knows that happened, but um, you know, being at BC in the first place, you know, walking on earning a scholarship, like that whole path, um, was, you know, I don't take for granted. And I think, you know, was something that I looked back on and be like, no, I'm, you know, I, you know, maybe wasn't supposed to be here in the first place. So just appreciate kind of everything you had, you know, in the first couple you know, months or the first year or two that I was at BC, it was like, everything that we did was like, you could be at some other school, like, you know, not playing and, you know, sitting in class and doing nothing all day. Like, this is like, you know, kids would, kids would literally die or dream for this situation and you're, and you're in it. So there's no time to kind of you know, what was me and let's have a bad day, you know, let's let one day build on the two days and, you know, create a bad week. So um, I think from that, it's just the perspective of, you know, this is the coolest thing ever. And, you know, you really shouldn't have been here in the first place. So, but then I think, I think from a more specific standpoint, um, you know, maybe, you know, having a few bad drives or, you know, you're in a game and you, you know, miss a few passes. 
Um, I, I talked about kind of like that attitude of just, you know, letting it fly and, you know, whatever happens, happens. And um, I think from a, from a backup perspective, that's a good mindset. And I kind of took that to heart. It's like, you know, you're in there, like there's no expectations at this point, you know, either, you know, the starter got hurt or, you know, the game's a blowout one way or another and you're in just like make the most of it and, you know, have fun doing it. Um, there's, there's no, you know, there's no stress on you right now. That's what I tell the young guys too, is like, you're in the situation for you know one reason or another, like there's no expectation, just let it go. You know, when whatever happens, happens. So um, that's one thing that I thought I, that thought I, you know, pretty, did pretty well, you know, had fun with it and never took anything too seriously. And, you know, again, you know, not trying to talk in cliches, but in, in the end, it's a game and, you know, you walk out of the locker room and you, you know, you hug your parents and you hug your family and, you know, that, that's what means the most. You hug your friends and, you know, you start it again the next day. And uh, you work so hard for, you know, so many weeks and, of the year to play these 13 games and they seem like it's a lot in the moment because, you know, you work so hard and you build it up so much, but um, you know, it's definitely a, a situation in a, in a game where you can you know, overanalyze and do it way too hard. And I, I noticed with myself and with other teammates is the more, the more you think about that and the more, you know, in depth you get the, the, the tighter and the, you know, worse you play. So that was kind of my leadership mentality. My thing is, you know, just be loose, let it fly, you know, you know, make a mistake, do it hard and, you know, come back the next day and and make a play and make something happen that way. You know, show me, show me that you're, yeah. Show me you're caring by your effort and not by your, you know, execution. If that makes a lot of sense, even though execution is important, obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. And you, you know, you're talking about backups and the future with the ever increasing make of, a number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts stores to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions when you can head over to rockauto.com right now and save? They Their prices are unbeatable with 30 50 or even 100% less than what the chain auto stores will have. And Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And their prices are reliably low for every customer, so you don't have to worry about uh, the prices when you go to rockauto.com. They are so easy to use. All you need to do is head on over, put it in your make and model, boom, everything will pop up, whether it's brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website and catalog today to find the solution for all of your auto parts needs. And when you head on over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so we know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably below prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Um, I think BC fans are are really, you know, obviously we're looking forward to 2022 with, with Phil. But looking ahead, I think there's a lot of excitement about Emmett Moorhead. Can you talk a little bit about what he's been like in the in the locker room, his growth, and what you've seen in him, seen in him as he he took over uh, a little bit last year? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I think just from you know a quarterback perspective, um, you know, coming in my freshman year, um, if they would have asked me to take, I, I took no reps the entire you know, spring, summer, fall. Like that was, I was just like there, sitting there watching. If you would have asked me to go into a game um, kind of on short notice and with little preparation, like in the weeks or month ahead of time and asked to perform, I would have had no idea what to do. Like, I would have been so, so torn and so I, I would have been a complete mess. And that's no exaggeration. Like, I would have had no idea what to do. Um, and I guess that just, you know, a testament to Emmett to come in and be ready to go on such, you know, whatever he early enrolled. So that's, you know, maybe eight months, you know, nine months of, of work. 
um, in a new offense, in a new system with not knowing anyone. And that's just like, it's, it's really, really hard to do. And I don't think anyone really understands um, unless, you know, you play the position or you are close to the position. Um, and, you know, kind of just going hand in hand, this is a total excerpt, but like of, you know, rookie quarterbacks in the NFL, like it is not easy to do. And for them to do it at a high level is like really, really impressive. So, um, but going back, you know, Emmett's a, a really, really good guy in the locker room. Again, super lighthearted, um, goofy, um, is able to, you know, take everything, you know, really lightly, you know, makes a bad throw, turns around, is like, ah, oh, man, that was a pretty crap throw, huh, guys? And, you know, goes and rips the next one perfectly. So um, that's going to take him really far. Um, I'm just, I was really impressed with this growth in, you know, in the first year to, you know, understand and comprehend everything. Um, you know, physically and mentally, you know, it's, it's a lot of it. He's growing his, and, you know, in his, into his body. Um, he's got a really, really talented arm, and the, the future is definitely in good hands at BC um, with, with, with him, for sure. So as you meant, as we talked about, like, you know, your career <laughs> with BC is finally over, uh, unfortunately. But have you had any contact with uh, the XFL, CFL, USFL, or, like, any other football leagues, or are your playing days done? <laughs> I don't want to – I I mean, I don't want to say they're done. But, you know, I, I'm accepting the reality that it's, you know, the, the time is ticking down. Um, I've, had, I've had brief contact with, you know, a few of the leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's just a matter of, you know, wanting my future and, you know, what I want to do going forward. Um, I'm a firm believer that, you know, everything kind of happens for a reason. And, you know, if you give it everything you got and, you know, good things will happen. And, you know, part of part of me kind of thinks, you know, maybe, you know, call, call it quits after, you know, a, a a heck of a college career and uh, I accomplished way more than I ever thought you know, remotely possible. Um, I'm not going to say it's completely over, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm, you know, starting to think about, you know, post-college life and, you know, what it's going to look like and, you know, taking the opportunities that I've gotten at BC and, you know, seeing how those all play out. So if, so like, let, so let's say, you know, maybe that isn't in the future, but so what are your kind of career are you thinking of getting into coaching maybe, or you have like, are you kind of just plan on getting out of sports and into a more just general professional setting? Um, I think I want to stay in sports. Um, I, I don't think I want to coach. Um, I think that's something that you know, I've learned is no easy feat, you know, and how hard our coaches work day in and day out and month in and month out. And um, I mean, you, I don't think you really realize that, you know, when it's the off season, they're almost busier with recruiting and they're on the road. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we finished the bowl game. Um, oh, it's, you know, Christmas, New Year's, it's the holidays. Let's go home. We get, you know, a few weeks break, you know, football, you know, the players get a few weeks break, but uh, you know, coaches fly from the bowl site straight on the road to recruit. <clears throat> and it's such a year round thing. And it's, you know, not an easy lifestyle by any means, you know, family style, you know, health style, being up at all hours of the day, eating it. I mean, it's just, it's just not, not easy. And, um, you know, I think that's something I came to grips with is that, you know, I, I want to stay around football as long as possible, but, you know, maybe coaching isn't the best route. Um, and I've had a lot of talks with Coach Halfley and, you know, Coach Signetti when he was at BC about that. Um, you know, I, I again, I want to stay in sports, want to stay, you know, involved in some aspect, um, Again, I don't know if that's, you know, in an athletic department, in a front office, and that sort of the kind of administrator role, or, you know, maybe it's more so on the um, on the consumer side with, you know, a product based that, you know, still has that tie to connections to, to sports and being involved in, you know, that kind of realm. So still gotcha. figuring it out. Yes. I had the past couple months to think about it and let it settle in. And uh, I'm in a fortunate situation. Where I'm not in too much of a rush to figure it out. Um, you know, not many people, you know, have that opportunity to, to say that, you know, they're always, you know, jumping in or taking jobs when they're in school. 
Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm being patient with that and enjoying a little bit of time off after going, you know, was it five years with, you know, a few weeks a year with breaking. Yeah. Um, so kind of with that in mind, I'm curious as to what your opinions are on the current state of NIL and its relationship with college football. You know, we've kind of seen both sides of the coin in just the AC conference with, uh, you know, Jordan Addison kind of doing his thing with being courted. And, you know, then the story about Zay Flowers comes out and how he was being courted as well, but he decided to stick it out at BC. So I'm just kind of curious on your opinions on NIL and how it's affecting college football. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it was a long time coming. And I think that, you know, those with foresight could really predict kind of what what was going to come and what, you know, the possibilities of it all. So not the NCAA. I think they still did, but I think they were pressured in a sense. I mean, it was, you know, going to happen in Florida and, you know, Florida passed the legislation to begin with. And the NCAA, it really forced their hand. And uh, I'm fairly certain that this is just the temporary rules that have been released or, you know, whatever happened to last. I'm not completely sure. Um, but I definitely think that, you know, what has transpired and, you know, what seems like the last year, you know, it's been about a year since it launched was like early June or July, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, it started pretty low. And then once people had a foothold in it, you know, it, it kind of took off. Um, and there's, you know, very little restraint on it and there's very little, um, compliance around the issues or around, you know, the deals that are going on. Um, and people are, you know, finding loopholes left and right, or even if you want to call it loopholes, it's kind of the wild west right now. So, um, kind of the whole idea was, you know, let them make money off of who they are and how hard they work and what they're doing. You know, you know, you had all these marketing things pop up and all these, um, you know, different opportunities pop up with sponsorships and, you know, gear and jerseys and stuff like that. Um, but now you're kind of getting into the, uh, kind of the, the donors, you know, coming together. Um, and kind of forming their their little you know core people of you know let's get as much money as we can for the team and um, you know maybe one person owns a business and it's all filtered through that and you know I don't want to speculate because I don't know for for a fact but um, you know if if there was some dirty stuff happening prior to NIL there's you know no restraints and there's definitely some stuff going on right now as you know as it's slowly been trickled out and you know and I don't, I don't, I'm not naive in the situation but I also don't you know I'm not going to criticize or not going to you know point fingers at anyone but yeah. We all kind of know the situation of it, and it's, it's not, you know, not what college athletics was, and I and I don't think it's going to continue like that forever. There's going to be some restraints eventually, but um, yeah, it, it is what it is, and it's it's crazy, and you know, you hear something new every day about it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always been grimy. It's just now there's a name for now there's like a name attached to it, which people did get angry at. But I digress. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like. And again, you don't want to you don't want to be naive to the situation, but you also don't want to you know, you don't want to overanalyze what it is. Yeah. Has uh, Zay taken you over on a ride in his new BMW yet or? He has, and he actually won't let me sit in it. I don't, <laughs> look, I don't look cool enough in the red leather. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, so no, I'm, I'm so happy for him. He, he deserves yeah. it more than anyone. Um, and obviously with the articles that came out, I mean, he's, a, he's an A1 guy with an A1 character and, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, around the program or, you know, even, you know, not around the program can understand that. And, um, you know, people are shocked by his decision to stay and, you know, Oh, if you turn on this mo- amount of money, like if you really know today, you're, you're not overly shocked about it. So they were that you had the football awards the other night and you won the uh, Wells Crowther award exemplifying men and women for others. Now, you know, all Boston college fans know the Wells Crowther story. What did winning this award mean to you, Dennis? Uh, it was really cool. It was definitely a special honor. 
Um, and they, they awarded it to, you know, one, actually one member of each team. So we all kind of went up as, as a unit. Um, and it was really cool to see, you know, the, the guys and the girls that were up there and, and were honored. And, um, you know, as an outsider looking at these, you know, these men and women for others or these student athletes, um, you know, it, it wasn't a shock, but that was just me looking at them. Um, so to, to be in that company was, was really, you know, it was a big honor for me and, you know, to represent, you know, the Crowder family and, you know, for what he stood for is obviously, you know, a huge intertwined legacy within BC and, and the ability to, you know, represent that. And even the slightest of way meant a lot to me. And um, my last question, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what, one of the things that you're doing coming up. Um, it sounds like you have some camps coming up with Phil and Zay. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what you have planned coming up uh, in the next couple of months? Yeah. So uh, in the meantime, since, you know, we're talking to NIL, um, I've had the ability to work with a company called Vantage Sports. Um, and it was founded by Patrick Johnson, who's graduated from Boston College in 2017. Um, and, you know, the idea for Vantage Sports, it's, it's really a marketplace for college athletes to connect with youth athletes and high school athletes for um, private training and, you know, small group coaching sessions and, you know, the ability to really you know, put on these, these camps or clinics. <clears throat> um, and so, you know, it, it's a marketplace. So, you know, they, they post their, their site or their information on the site um, and, you know, attracts um, these youth and college athletes or the Houston high, high school athletes to sign up for it. Um, you know, the continuing basis it gives, you know, for, you know, as a start, the college athlete, the ability to, you know, monetize on their name, image and likeness in a way that I think um, the NCAA and a lot of people, you know, expected it to be right. You know, kind of that clean, like, this is who they are. This is, they, you know, they're a quarterback and a receiver for BC and let's have all the BC fans go and, you know, and show up to it. So it gives them the ability to monetize off of that, but also, you know, it kind of gives, you know, the ability to give back and it kind of has that aspect of, you know, creating that culture and creating that fan base and, you know, the ability to, you know, give back. And, you know, when I was a youth athlete or, you know, high school athlete, the ability to train with someone that I really looked up to or admired, or even saw play on TV was kind of a no brainer for me. I would have, I would have killed for that opportunity. So um, that's really cool. I've been helping out with that for the last year um, and have seen the company and, you know, the product grow. Um, and it's been really cool. So we're, you know, we're launching in Boston um, and this summer we're going to have Phil and Zay do a quarterback and wide receiver camp. Um, I know we have some of the girls on the lacrosse team going to do some trainings and some small group and camp sessions um, the old line wanted in on it. Um, it's, it's just a cool opportunity that once, you know, one or two guys sees it, that, you know, it's, it, it explodes and everyone wants a part of it. Um, so if you're listening to this and you want to get involved and sign up, go to vantagesports.com. Uh, Dennis, any other things that you would like to talk about today? Um, no, I, th- I think that kind of wraps it up. I appreciate right. you guys having me on. Um, you know, I am really looking forward to the BC season this year and kind of what, um, Coach Halfley and, you know, I guess the new athletic director are going to be putting forward to the athletic program. Um, there's a lot of good stuff happening around Boston College, you know, from an insider perspective, um, you know, from what I can, from what I can divulge, uh, it, good things are happening. Um, have you have you had any contact with uh, Coach Gooch, the new O-line coach? So <laughs> are you guys big Coach Gooch fans? Oh, yeah. Who isn't? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I, you know, I've met him a few times. He's everything and more that you, you know you see on social media and uh, the guys the o-line especially love them i'm um, a huge ball of energy and i can't i mean 
my phone blows up every time he tweets like oh my god can you believe what this guy said or like they're just sending me all the tweets like yeah guys like yeah i, I follow him too i don't think we uh, we didn't do it this week but we, we usually have a weekly uh coach gooch tweet of the week segment where we like pick his, <laughs> his two best so i think we had the one where he talked about the usb uh we had one where he was talking about sylvester stallone you know i, but, I mean he's really got just such a deep catalog of greatest hits I, forgot, I don't i don't know who tweeted it but someone had tracked all of the all of the that was AJ or was AJ. All, <laughs> yeah. of the, all of the items are people that you know he considered being a big dog yeah yep, yep that was me <laughs> I don't know how you were able to calculate it all but you know there's a lot of it all right well Dennis thanks for joining us today and good luck in your future and good luck uh graduating no, I appreciate it guys thanks for having me yeah. and uh best Thank of you, luck going forward. Yep. on tomorrow's show we're going to look more at this ACC rescheduling issue and how the divisions ending could be good for Boston College and what teams we'd love to see Boston College have as part of their schedule make sure to lo- follow us at locked on BC or at AJ black underscore BC and you can follow Mitch at Mitchell T Wolf and on Twitter, and follow our work at bcbulletin.com. Thank you all for listening, and if you enjoyed our podcast, the best way to give us your thanks is to give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts.